Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. Welcome back to another edition of Single High, Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. Coming to you this Memorial Day weekend. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Frank Vitovich, and I am joined by the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club, lifelong Baltimore Raven super fan and video analyst at Irish Sports Daily, Mr. Greg Flamong. Greg, how's the long weekend treating you so far? Uh, it's going okay. It's going right. okay. My daughter just had a soccer tournament. It's just wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, just missed out on the semifinals, but that's all right. She played really hard, um, and that cleared my schedule to go to Top Gun tomorrow. Maverick. Ooh, okay. So pretty, pretty fired up. Pretty fired up to see that. Uh, I've heard things. Have, I've heard some are, good things. The reviews are immaculate. And they so, are. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find time this week now to be like, is there any day this week, like in an afternoon while the baby's at daycare still (laughs) that we can go see this and sneak it in? Uh, cause I was like, how the hell else do we do it with a baby now? Um, you don't, I guess you just, without a babysitter, right? I can't take a. I can't take a baby in. No, not Top Gun Maverick. I think the baby will freak out. No, no, no. It's going to be loud. Honestly, don't do that to the other patrons. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's what I meant. Like the baby's going to freak out and everyone's going to hate us. So anyway. So, yes, I need to find uh, some time where uh, we we can sneak out and go go see that because I have the need, the need for speed, my friend, and I can't wait to see it. So. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Silver linings there in terms of uh, in terms of finding find or finding uh, some uh, some positives out of the uh, the soccer tournament. I'm gonna open up my beer here mainly just because I might need something to clear my throat from time to time. Uh, no other reason. No other reason do I need this. Um, but no, I am still. I mentioned it on the last pod. <clears throat> Little man just brings every germ imaginable home from daycare. And uh, and we get them. So that is uh, that's the the result on my voice. But hey, excited to pod. We couldn't on Thursday night because Thursday night I I literally like I I could barely speak on Thursday. Uh, I had like no voice. So also when you're losing your voice and you basically do Zoom calls all day, every day for work doesn't help. No, and that was me like before the pandemic too. I've been, I mean, I work in sales, so I just, I literally talk all day long and, uh, yeah, 
it was pretty much gone. So here we are. So we're going to talk some Notre Dame football tonight. And last time we talked, we started going through the offensive side of the ball, doing a better or worse breakdown. So tonight we're going to do the defensive side of the ball. We're going to run through some questions, might take some tangents, and then we're uh, we're going to go from from there. How does uh, how's that sound to you? That's, uh, that's, that's beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, then let's just let's just let's jump right in. We're going to go to the defensive line. And you know what I realized last time when we did better or worse? We just kind of like just jumped right in. We didn't really like talk like, well, what might make it better or worse? We just kind of, you know, kind of kind of kind of started going through it. So let's start there. Defensive line. You got a new coach, Mike Elston out, Al Washington in. Uh, so that's that that changes the dynamic a little bit. You're losing two starters, Lord Myron and Kurt Heinish, uh, you know from uh, you know from last year's squad. But otherwise, you had the big return of the Adam Alola twins and also Isaiah Foskey. So this position, I mean, th- depending on how January went, this position could have been like monumentally worse. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> If uh, if if the twins and, and Foskey both are like, hey, we're gonna explore the NFL. Well, we, now we we're 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 in some dire straits here on defensive line. Uh, but they didn't. They're back. So what what, what say you in terms of um, you know how do you think Notre Dame overcomes the the loss of Lord Myron um, and also uh, you know Kurt Heinish and can they be better or are they gonna be worse? Um, I th- I think unequivocally better. Um, this is kind of an easy one, right? So you have a year um, of Isaiah Foskey, his senior season, right? He could have come out last year and he didn't. Um, oh. And yes, last year was a breakout year for him. And obviously he's got, he's got some, uh, I mean, he's probably got some high draft aspirations as well. So he knows he has a, another uh, step to take as far as his own development. Jason Adam Lola is going to be playing for a draft slot and he's, you know, prime to you know again last year was kind of a breakout year for him yep and now it's like take the next step right so it's like a take the next step year for um Foskey and Jason Adamalola and they're their two best players on the line um Justin Adamalola is a quality like swing player right like he got a ton of snaps last year um both at Viper and then he can put both at strong side as well yeah um you have Jacob Lacey stepping up inside with Howard Cross um, Riley Mills is going to be a full-time player now and on a uh, strong side defensive end with Nana Safa Mensa. Uh, so yeah, so much uh, good things going on there. And I think just having, you know, the, the, the next step years of Foskey and Jason Adamola, two of your best uh, players, you know, overall on the team, that makes the line, you know, that much better than, uh, than last year. Yeah, I mean, I I, would, I agree that it's going to going to be better. The one thing that does worry me a little bit is maybe not having a huge, huge body on the interior of the line. Um, not that well, we might be forgetting about Chris Smith. Chris Smith, too, Smith. Now. I was a, there. A, yeah. the Harvard transfer. Yeah. Um, so where he fits in, you know, we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll see as well. But um, I mean, I think that's probably like I said, the one one thing maybe is I don't know. Outside of Smith, does this roster have a prototypical nose guard uh, or nose tackle? I don't, you know, I don't quite know. 
Uh, so we'll see how they overcome that. But you also got a new defensive line coach, new defensive coordinator, <clears throat> you know, kind of mixing it all, you know, mixing it all together too. So there's a lot, um, a lot of change at this position. I mentioned it on the pod last week. Riley Mills is going to be my breakout guy this year that I talk about a lot. So I'm excited to see what he can do at uh, at strong side defensive end. I guess one of the question I have for you is: Does Foskey does Foskey break the single season record of Tuck, and does he break the career record of Tuck? So the single season record is thirteen and a half. <clears throat> thirteen and a half. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, and how many is away from career? Damn it! You're new. You were probably gonna ask. Uh, I think it's ten. Let me double check though. I will check. I believe it is ten though. All right, so I'm going to hedge. He will get to 10. He'll pass 10, won't get to 13 and a half. Let me double check. Oh, my God, I got his roster. I got his page lit and loaded up right here. Career defensive sacks. He's got – oh, no, maybe. He's, uh, he's 15 and a half. So that means he needs nine, right? Talk is 24 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, he'll get that. Okay, yeah. so I'll say gets the career sacks, <clears throat> doesn't break single season. Um. Thirty yeah. a lot. Plus, like they like to play Justin too. You know, they they like to play him. You you figure he might lose some sacks to, um, like some of the linebackers, like Marist for one. Well, when Riley um, Mills gets ten, so when Riley Mills gets ten, it's tough, right? It's, so it's it, there's it's a really, lot. Of it's sacks. like a fifty sack defensive line is what we're. It's getting gonna at. be a race to the quarterback, <laughs> Frank. I'm telling you. So, so yeah, so I I say gets the uh, gets the uh, careers. Career sack, but not uh, single. Sack. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I, yeah, I mean, I do. I think the defensive line will be, will be better this year than it was, uh, you know, than it was a year ago. It was pretty good a year ago. So if it takes a step forward, whew, that's uh, that, that that that's something for Al Washington to uh, you know to be able to work with. And uh, I think we'll see. I think we'll see good things out of uh, you know out of that unit. I'm trying to think any names that we didn't bring up. <clears throat> there we didn't really i mean you actually know you mentioned cross um you know on the inside i think he's an interesting one too just to watch it seemed like there was a lot of hype for cross last year and then he had some moments but maybe didn't have um you know a lot of consistency so we'll see if he can have that uh, this year yeah. jacob lacy is one i'm really interested to see uh does he again it's it, does he just step in and and take heinish's old role and get all of the, the starter reps there because, like I said, I think that's the one kind of question that we have. And we didn't even mention uh, Jordan Botello, who seems, you know, like maybe could still see some time at the Viper, but uh, played a lot of linebacker in the spring as well. So it, it's interesting that we're not talking about him because last year that was kind of the hope was that, um, you know, Botello would emerge as, uh, you know, as the backup Viper. So a lot of good things. <clears throat> on the uh, on the defensive line for you know for Notre Dame, so you know we can give credit to Mike Elston there for bringing some of that talent in, uh, even though he is at Michigan now, and we don't like Michigan, not even a little bit. No, we do not. We do not like Michigan, not even a little bit. Um, all right, cool. So I think we're both in agreement there. Uh, next uh, position, I think, is interesting uh, because I think we're still figuring out the starters, uh, or I think the starters might still be. Uh, Kind of moved around a little bit, but what at uh, what about linebacker? Where uh, 
there could be some change, but uh, what, what, do you, what are your early thoughts on linebacker? Um, well, I think the addition of Marist really kind of tips it towards, um, you know, being a better unit, right? So, like, they lost Drew White, um, who, you know, a three-year starter, right, former captain. So that that's a, in terms of just, like, leadership and stability there, like, you're losing that. Um, but when you look at like the, the, the upgrade and just kind of overall talent that you get from Marist, you have Bull Bauer who, you know, can play the mic. You have JD Bertrand who can play the mic. You have, you know, junior Tuli Halamaka, who's <laughs> an exciting young player. And then you have Jack Kaiser as well. Who's Kaiser played last year. And then you have Jordan Batelho backing him up. Right. So I think that, Oh, the influx of talent. Prince Kali. Yeah, right. I was gonna say. So the influx of talent from uh, from Marist, and then you have his backup is Prince Kali, the former former uh, high school Buckus award winner. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think that group is again. I, I think they're gonna be unquestionably better. Um, you know, how much better is is a is a open question, right? Like Marist, how good is he gonna be coming off the injury? Right? Is he gonna be yeah. what? What they projected, because we, I mean, everything with him is kind of assumed because of the injury and what people were saying about him. You know, everyone thought like, oh, he's going to have this huge breakout season, but he didn't actually do it, right? It's we're all just kind of assuming. So, like, is he going to be as good as kind of everyone projected? That's an open question. But on paper, and obviously that's what we're kind of going off of. Like on paper, I think they'll unquestionably be a better unit than they were last year. Yeah, and I think the big difference for the linebacking core this year is going to be depth in that, uh, I mean, you can't predict injuries either. So I think that's always going to be the wild card in all of these. But <clears throat> that was the big thing with the linebackers last year. We lost Maris preseason. We lost uh, Shane Simon. What was that, week one? He went down. Uh, Paul Moala went down week one, and it was like, boom, half a year too deep was injured for the season by the end of the first game. And that was not ideal for anybody because then you had J.D. Bertrand playing 90% of the snaps so that by the end of the season, you know, he was just worn down. And you could tell he just – he Bertrand didn't look like the guy that we saw at the beginning of the season. Drew White was playing hurt, uh, you know, most of you know most of last season and played through it admirably. But, uh, you know, the, the linebackers just played way, 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 way too many snaps last year at a need. So I think this year, the exciting thing is there's a lot of bodies um, that even if there are a couple injuries this year, I think Notre Dame can sustain it more. And that how we didn't, I didn't even mention, you had Prince Collie who had the COVID setback early in the year that, uh, you know, that knocked him out of practice, you know, for a few weeks and that, uh, cost him time too, so that we didn't really see him until the end of the year. So add that all up. And <clears throat> I think depth is going to be the big difference at the, at the linebacking position. Uh, you know, again, maybe Maris is the star player. I hope so based on, you know, what we had, what we'd kind of heard last year. So I, I don't quite know if we got the star power yet at linebacker, but I think it's going to be a deeper, uh, you know, stronger unit. It is a new position coach too, though. Is Marcus Freeman <clears throat> no longer linebacker coach? He's got a couple other responsibilities this year, yeah. So, uh, so he won't be there. So you got Al Golden working, uh, you know, working with them. So that's also something to uh, to take into account. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I don't want to say like Al Golden is like an upgrade, but it's it's certainly not Hot like take a alert. downgrade. Hot well, it's, take it's not alert. like a downgrade, right? Like he, I mean, the guy was just coaching like NFL linebackers, you know. So like he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, so you know, it's be careful though. Situation. Wasn't Brian Van Goyter coaching uh, NFL linebackers before he came back to uh, to the college game? I'm just saying. I mean, sure. <laughs> You can't just bank on that. You can't just bank on that. So anyway, um, I think that's the key. I still think I'm interested. I got to get the BVG reference in every week. It's the thing. Um, it's like you with Kyle, right? Now the BVG is part of my bit. It's just not. Um, not yeah, as, I mean, uh, like anytime you can uh, latch on to that. Is latch on to the BVG. I think right, you got to do it. Right in. Right in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, no, I think I still think I'm. I don't know. I, I, I know, like, uh, you know, we heard that the the, the, the starting positions are kind of settled coming out of spring, but I don't think we saw enough to really know. Obviously, we didn't see enough, uh, you know, to know if they, you know, if they really are. I think there are still some question marks at linebacker. Like, what do you do with Patello? Like, I know they're, they're trying to find ways to get him on the field uh, because he's a game wrecker. You know, it's just a matter of where can he wreck the game from right now. Um, he is just, uh, he's that kind of, uh, that kind of player. So I guess my whole point in all of this with linebackers is I think, you know, we still might be somewhat surprised, I guess, by, by what the, the trio of backers looks like, you know, by the time I, I'll say even by the time of like end of October, cause I think, you know, they might start the season with something, uh, you know, with, with a group and I don't know if it'll stay that group. Is kind of where I'm where where I'm going with the linebacker because there's so much young talent that when they get ready, Jalen Sneed, obviously, you know, kind of him him in the mix too. When you get all those guys some reps and are a little bit more uh, more prepared, maybe by the end of the season, uh, like I said, some of the younger guys are uh, you know are in that maybe weren't at uh, you know at the start. Like you're probably not starting Jalen Sneed, you know, in the horseshoe, you know, no. right? No, you're not gonna no. do that to him. But uh, I don't know. Maybe by the end of the year, you know, you don't know. No, so, you you don't know. You don't. You do not. I mean, hell, <coughs> excuse me. Nobody thought JD Bertrand was going to lead the team in tackles at this point last year. You know, people thought maybe he would have a you know a good contributing role, but I don't think anybody thought on you know May 29th, ninth, twenty twenty one, that JD Bertrand would be the leading tackler. So a lot can a lot can change at the linebacker position. So, all right. So, all right. So we're two for two now. We both think, uh, you know, both positions are going to be better. So now we move, though, into the secondary where we have one enormous departure, as we all as we all know, with Kyle Hamilton on the Baltimore uh, on the Baltimore Ravens. But um, what else? I mean, what what, what are your overall thoughts? You, You gave a little sneak preview of this on the last pod. So are we going secondary as a whole or are we going to split it? You know what? Let's split it. Yeah, let's split it. Let's split it. So let's start with safety. We'll let you go on, on the safety. Um, I mean, okay, safety. It'll be it, – it's going to be worse, but not in a like a – it's a big concern kind of way. It's worse in that it doesn't have the – it doesn't have the uh, the upside, I guess, right? Like no, like I don't think there's anyone 
on the roster, and that includes Brandon Joseph, who's going to have like a Kyle Florida State type of performance where it's just like, hey, how about if I just take over the game, right? Like, how about if I, how about if I create three turnovers and then we score three touchdowns off those turnovers, right? Like that, is that level there in the second, in, at safety? I don't, I don't know. I've so. seen Brandon Joseph one-hand interception against Ohio State is all I'm saying. Right now, that's a play, right? Sure. Like Kyle made three plays like that, you know? So I think, I think that that's the thing is like you don't have that type of upside um, at the position. You don't have that type of just completely dominating a game. Um, But that's not – I mean, we saw in 2018, right, like like with Alohi Alohi Gilman and Jalen Elliott. Like those guys didn't have that either, but great safety tandem, you know. So I I think that – you're, it's it's worse because you don't have your all American. You don't have your first round pick, um, but you do have quality players. Like I think Brandon Joseph's a really good player, former first for uh, first team All American. Um, and then you have Ramon Henderson, who I think is who I think would have been it would have been great if he and Kyle Hamilton had been the the co starters last year. You know that would have been really what that would have been a really good thing. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with you know that's where i'm at with the safety position i think that dj brown mm-hmm. is ready to have a good season um if you know not spectacular right like not that type of player but i think dj brown can have a good year um i think xavier watts can have a good season right if he keeps progressing at the safety position um so yeah i you know houston griffin top- is back Houston Griffith is back. That is a factual statement, you know, that that cannot be refuted at this point. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, with all that there, I think you're going to have a good, a good, solid safety group, right? Like they're, they're going to be good and, and it's going to be, I, I'll say even it's going to be a strength of the defense as well. It won't be a, I don't think it'll be a liability. I think it'll be a strength on defense. Wow. You know, just because it doesn't have the upside doesn't mean it can't be a strength still. Ooh, okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, there's no way it can, the safety position can be better without Kyle Hamilton. I think that's, you know, you can't – you can make arguments that it's deeper. You can make arguments that you got more players, uh, you know, that you can count on at the position. But you definitely can't make the argument that it's better without, uh, you know, a talent like, uh, you know, like Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I, I think again. I, I think it's similar to linebacker in that it there's there's definitely more depth this year to the point that I I don't think even if you know injury bug hits the secondary or it, it you know, hits the safety room, you're going to be moving receivers over to play safety and you're going to be you know moving uh, you know corners over to play. Uh, you know, safety, you know, like you did, like they did ended up having to do with Henderson and, and Watts last year. And then you have, you know, unproven, unproven players who've never, you know, played the position, uh, you, know, you know, out there in crunch time of big games. And I think that'll be the difference this year is that now you have so many players who you're like, okay, they all can play. 
uh, you know, they all can play safety. Uh, and then uh, that uh, you, you might, again, you're, we're going to have a drop off with nobody making a three quarter, you know, field run interception that, uh, that Kyle Hamilton makes against Florida state. But overall, I, I agree with you that it's not, uh, it's not going to be a weakness. Like it, it was at one point, like when Kyle went down last year, like safety didn't look good for a little while <clears throat> for Notre Dame. And then they ran out, you know, Watson and Henderson and were like, Hey, go, go figure it out. And they figured it out, you know, on the fly. I don't think, we're, I don't think that'll happen this year. So I, is, I, this might be a distinction without a difference. I, I would say that the, the safety position without Kyle last year was a liability. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I would call it a weakness, but it was a liability because they played well enough to where it was like they're not getting like I okay so I would say like at by the end of the season I think that the the boundary corner spot was a weakness yeah it was Fair. exploited over and over again if you watch the Fiesta Bowl it's pretty clear. Right, like beyond beyond a liability, like it was a weakness week week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially when it mattered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ever you know, ever since they moved Cam off that spot, so that so that's the distinction that I would make. Um, but you know, I, I see your point. I, I'm taking to your point, but I think I think that if Brandon Joseph, let's say Brandon Joseph, like, is the 2021 version you know, of himself and not the 2020 version, then, then the, the spot is probably significantly worse, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what do you think we're going to get with Joseph? What, what version? I mean, to me, it sounds like we're getting the 2020 guy. Yeah. More confidence believes in the, uh, believes in the system and all those things. Like that's what it sounds to me like that's what's coming. Okay. I would hope so. And if, if that's, if that's coming, I mean, I think we all can uh, agree Then he's probably not. Uh, yeah. Probably, probably won't be back in 2023, but uh, even though he's got the, uh, he's got the eligibility. So you see a high ceiling for Brandon Joseph is what you're saying. Yes. All right. All right. I mean, is he going to be your guy in the secondary this year? Cause you, you have, it's you and your safeties and corners. You have to have one. Is he is he um, is he the guy you're taking up? Are you taking a year off to recover post Kyle? Like how are you how are you 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 handling your your need to have your go to secondary player? It's it's you know what it's a great question. I, so <laughs> I have um I have an affinity for I have a affinity for Ramon Henderson because a he's a California guy and mm. b because he's a former track guy. Okay. So I have feelings for Ramon Henderson. Um, I have an appreciation for uh, Brandon Joseph because I think he and I are more similar in style than I was to like um, like Kyle Hamilton, for example. <laughs> so <laughs> like, like I was not I was not like Kyle Hamilton. We did not Wait. play the game. No. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, sit down when I tell you this. 
I don't we, quite look we, like Brad Pitt. Either. Kyle Hamilton and I had <laughs> had had differing skill sets. I don't want you to be alarmed by that. Okay, that's just true. I don't know if and I can I'm continue on the pod. So I was I was closer to um, Brandon Joseph than I am to uh, I don't know, like even Ramon Henderson, right? Like I feel I like you. I'm so that that's so that's why he and I have a thing. But um, my next, if if there is to be a next, Ooh. okay? Because like I said, like I said, okay, okay. like I said, it's got to be like organic. It can't be forced. You can't force the bit. You can't force the bit, right? And I think that I like Peyton Bowen a lot. I like him a lot, okay? If Notre Dame finds a way to land Caleb Downs, there's going to be some, some tweets be from some myself. Tweets. I'm yeah. going to be insufferable on the internet machine. He's gonna be in- going to be in. Oh, man. How are you going to break the news? I might have to. No, 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 no. To no, the Hamiltons. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, because as, as as a lifelong Ravens fan since April 28th, okay, hey, it's different. It's different leagues. That's okay? true. There's the NFL. Okay. Now there's the NFL, That's and true. now there's the Notre Dame. And okay. So split. See how that works. Okay, I got you. See what I got I'm doing you. Doing with my fingers. There? I see it. I got you, guys. It's I bad wish radio. All, everybody. It's bad I wish radio. All could see. I'm splitting. I've seen Greg work through this emotionally i saw it visually i saw the <laughs> i saw how he had to work through all of that to get to uh to get to to get to that uh, to get to that moment so it's a right. splitting is what's happening i got you i got you hey um all right well now we know now we know um where you stand with the safeties cornerback um and this is the position i think that like Ah, I think this is like the one position where everyone's like, oh man, we're hoping. <laughs> like, because you didn't really lose anybody. Well, uh, you know, in in terms of you know starters and, and, and things like that, but the position really ended the season on a bit of a downer. Um, and it wasn't definitely wasn't a strength, uh, you know, to, of the of the 2021 defense. And by the end, as as Greg's already pointed out, was it was a bit of a weakness. So, you know, a lot of the same names are there. There might be some new faces, some some players who weren't quite ready last year, uh, you know, to to step in and maybe even a mid-year enrollee who throws his name into the mix. Uh, you know, at the uh, you know, the quarterback uh, quarterback or sorry, cornerback spot. Um I don't know. I I'm, I'm trying to think like can it be worse? It's 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 essentially mostly the same players, and it was it's a low kind of bar. Other than Cam, by the way, we got Cam. Cam, right. Cam can be a. I mean, Cam, Cam can I think make a name or start to make a name for himself, you know, this year. But it's everybody else around Cam that it's like he needs some work to do. So okay, it's kind of like with safety, right? So safety, I said it'll be worse but still a strength. Like, I think corner has the potential to be better, but still kind of a liability. Right, yeah. Um, I expect Cam to be better than last year. Yeah. Um, and he's on the boundary. He'll, he'll be moved to the boundary, so that's big for him. 
personally. Um, you know, I, I think but between Clarence Lewis and Tariq Bracey, I, I think it, it'll be at least a push with those guys. Um, and then you have the the Jaden Mickey factor. And That's you have the Ryan the, Barnes. You know, Ryan Barnes factor. And, you know, what what is Benjamin Morrison look like? Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a lot of options, at least, to make the position competitive. Philip Riley. Um, I mean, right, Philip Riley, much, but I mean, Chance Tucker. I mean, there's there's a ton of bodies, right? That we can that Notre Dame can put out there and just kind of see how it goes, right? And and so, given all of that, I think whatever the position was last year is at least the the floor, right? You know, I, I it's hard for me to say. Like, I don't, I don't even want to like speculate on like things that we've heard or not mm-hmm. heard because well, it's just like there wasn't. We didn't really see anything, you know, mm-hmm. good or bad, right? Like, it's fine, right? You know, spring stuff. Like, uh, like Tree Bracey's like a fifth year guy. Like, it's it's you're you're going against guys in practice, you know. Like, it's not like. Uh, Ohio State's guys or USC's guys yeah, or yeah. any of that, you know, like it's it's different. Um, and so we need to see like how it actually plays out um, in games. But you know, like I said, it's what it, it, it. I think last year's performance is the is the floor, and I think there's only you know room to grow. I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. Like I said, I, I can't see it being worse, um, you know, given it, it's it's roughly the same players. I think one thing, I don't, I don't know actually if this works for or against it actually, is that it's one of the position, one of the few positions um, after all the coaching shakeout, um, you know, where there is some continuity with position coaches. Um, you know, does that help, uh, you know, because it, it's going to be third year for Mickens with, uh, you know, with some of these guys. So, uh, we'll see if that does, um, you know, ultimately, you know, have any, you know, have any sort of impact, but yeah, I can't see it being worse. It's just, I, I, even if it's better, I don't know that I see it being substantially better as of right now, a lot can change. You know, we can see some more things in the summer, but, um, yeah, and I think, I think it's the one position where there's a lot of like, hoping and praying going on right now, specifically because we're starting the season at Ohio state and their, you know, ridiculous wide receiver room. So we're going to know quick. We will, we will know pretty, pretty early what we're dealing with at the, at the cornerback position in, uh, in 2022. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. So, you know what? We didn't do specialists last time. We're doing really good on time. Um, because after specialists, I think we'll move to questions and then uh, and then wrap it up. But um, I mean, you you briefly touched on specialists last uh, you know last week in terms of kicker and punter. We know there's there's challenges there. It's probably going to be worse. What about return game though? Um. Well, I I I think okay, the kicking game will be worse. Yeah. It's just I I'm not saying it it. There's no reason to believe it'll be better yeah. for one. That's just like Jonathan Dorr is a good kicker too. Um, yeah. He didn't lose you games. He didn't lose games. He won. He didn't games, lose you games. Fact. He won you he games. He won yeah. games, in fact. 
And I think um, that might be the difference this year is that yeah, kicking might lose a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. Return game, I, you know, it, look, it should be better. And, and the reason it should be better is because I think that Polian's edict was to not hurt the team. And I think that Mason's edict is to actually be a like a a, a dangerous part of the team. Right. Like we want to actually do damage with our return game. Yeah. We want it to be a positive, not just a not just a please don't screw it up. Right. Basically, you know, mm-hmm. and, and look, every and, you know, and, and to be fair, to be fair, right? Like they returned to kick off for a touchdown against Wisconsin. That was turn the game around. Um, it turned the game around, absolutely. And and when you have Kyron back there returning punts, I think punt return was, you know, more of a threat than it had been. Um, but I would expect but that was like that. a more of a Kyron thing. But but I mean, first the point, thing, but to yeah, the yeah, point, yeah, right? Like you put the, you to the point is you put someone back there who is meant to be right, right, right. I get you. a threat and not Matt Salerno, who's meant to just secure the ball, catch, right? Yeah. So um, no, that's kind of the difference. So true. One other thing I think that um, you know can be a lot better this year. Mason um, is known to be very aggressive and to uh, prioritize blocks in the punt game too, versus uh, you know versus maybe uh, you know returning. So I think there could be improvement improvements there in terms yeah. of uh, in terms of the punt block team. Uh, because uh, it seems Cincinnati, uh, you know, had some impressive block numbers and uh, and had an impressive special teams units. So I think, you know, from that perspective, I will say special teams in general will schematically be better. Execution in terms of the kicking, I just that's. It's not something that the coach can really. I mean, he can coach them up, but he can't. You know, he, he can't make them kick better. So um, I think that's going to be the that that's that's going to be the challenge. Um, I think if there's you know, we, we talked about corner being a big question. I think the kicking game is also big question, uh, you know, this uh, you know, this year. So we'll see how that all uh, see how that all shakes out. But Greg, you realize that we did the defense and basically said every position was going to be better or at worst the same as last year. Yeah, yeah. And the defense was pretty good last year. So yeah, I mean, if you want, if I encourage everyone to um, to listen to the latest hit and hustle I did with Jamie. Jamie thinks that this could be Jamie Uyama from Irish Sports Daily. Yeah. Um, I, Jamie thinks this this defense could be better than the 2012 version. Well, so, wait. Yeah, that's where, he, that's where he's coming from. So it doesn't surprise me that... that better than the 2012. Up. The 2012 version, that was that was a good defense. I mean, that until, was a good defense. until Eddie Lacy um, just kind of ran over them. But, uh, still other a good than, defense. Still a good defense. Still a great, a great defense. It was probably the best Notre Dame defense since when? When was the when was the the last Notre Dame defense as good as 2012? Um, the last one, I mean, 2002. I mean, okay, let's just go through the defenses that were considered good, like really good. 2002 is considered really good. Um, 
and then probably like I don't know ninety three. Yeah. I mean, they had good deep, like ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety five. Like that ninety six and ninety five. That was like great front seven. Oh. And and then like Rossum and Covington were just kind of like, man, can we can we upgrade those two spots? Because we tried with Clifford Jefferson. Oh, younger fans, younger fans aren't going to get that reference. But hey, that is uh, anyway. All right. Hey, man, I hope so. Because, I mean, if the defense is better than last year. Uh, you know, we have uh, this this team's got a chance to be pretty damn good. Yeah. Assuming young Tyler Buckner is is uh, is as good as we all think he might be. So, all right, man, that runs us through the offense and the defense now between the last two pods. So let's run through some questions, and we might actually keep this one around an hour for a change, which would be great because uh-huh. the voices the voices. The voices. It's starting to go. It's starting to go. I've been muting a lot while I while efforting I, while I while I while I while I uh, yeah effort through this one. Um, I didn't cough all day, and now that I'm talking, it is uh, it's happening. So let's go through, let's go through some questions, shall we? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna try to. I was gonna try to do them chronologically, but hey, you know what? Let's go. We'll just do Clancy the Notre Dame Leprechaun. Uh, you know, says to us, love the pod, boys. Thank you, Clancy. Um, how great uh, is it that the Adam Melola brothers get to play together one more time? It really warms my heart. Who are some of your favorite brothers in sports? It doesn't necessarily have to be on the same team. So brothers who all played, uh, and again, he doesn't even say that they have to play the same sport, by the way. It just says famous brothers in sports. That you enjoyed? Um, well, I, I think that given this is a Notre Dame podcast, we need to start with um, the rocket and the missile. Ooh, um, okay. So, you know, R- Rocket Ismail and his brother, uh, Kadri Ismail, who yeah. went to uh, Syracuse. Um, so those are the good set of brothers. Obviously, we have the Adam Alola twins. Oh, Abby. Um, so you have those guys. Uh, I'm just trying to think of Notre Dame ones. I know there's um, some other ones. You know, I <laughs> obviously so the Golics, right? I mean, I was gonna say obviously the Golics. You got them, the Golics. Right? You throw them out there. It's um, <laughs> funny is uh, I was talking to the OFD guys about this. So they, they in the last pod they were talking about Dan and Kyle McCarthy. And okay. Kyle McCarthy was the uh, the better player. Now he's Kyle Hamilton's agent. No way! Um, I did not know that. What's that? I said I did not know that that he was Kyle Hamilton's agent. Yeah, he's Kyle Hamilton's agent now. And uh, and Dan, his tape was incredible. Hmm. His 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 high school tape was unbelievable. He was he honestly he was like Zibikowski, like reincarnated. Yeah. Such a good player. Um so he's uh he's really good. And um so yeah, I, I guess those are the ones that come to my mind. I mean, what what about you? Ooh, so one one set of brothers that one played for Notre Dame, one did not. Thomas and Julius Jones. 
Ah, there you go. That's, That's a, good a good set of brothers, man. They, 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 those, those, those were some running backs, man. I mean, Thomas Jones is still probably what I don't know. He played for so long and just racked up so many yards. He might still be like top ten in the NFL, uh, you know, all time in rushing. And Julius obviously had a uh, you know had a had a great career at Notre Dame. But they were ones that came to my mind. Uh, the Golics obviously, uh, you know, came up. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, like multiple generations of Golics and Golic brothers, you know, who, uh, you know, who came through, you know, came, came through Notre Dame. So I think those would be, you know, those would be the ones that I could think of. Um, I'm trying to think other sports. I just, I was, it, they weren't, none, none were really popping in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, there's the, there's the Watt brothers in the NFL right now, they're pretty damn good at, at football. Um, you know, that family can, they can play football. Um, I mean, the Bosa brothers can play whether or not I'm actually like a fan of them. I would say probably <laughs> maybe not as much, but, um, I mean, they can play football. Um, that's a, that's a talented, uh, it's a talented family. Uh, I think those, those are the ones at least that come to my mind, uh, initially. And as we're speaking, the uh, the Miami Heat were just uh, eliminated on their home floor in uh, in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Really hurts my feelings. Does it? I don't like the Celtics, man. Uh, that's why. You know what? I don't like either team. So it's one where I'm just like, Bleh. I don't like it either. I mean, I obviously don't like the Celtics. Uh, Al Horford was very clearly a sleeper agent. Uh, for his one season on the Philadelphia 76ers uh, before somehow reinventing himself with the Celtics. But, um, hey, is what it is. The Warriors are going to win that series and probably – actually, wait, no. It's the Celtics. I think it will probably be Warriors in six. But, hey, that's diverging. So, all right, there we go. Keeping through our, our Notre Dame football-related questions, we got two – well, basically four – from Chris Jenkins. So uh, thank you as always, Chris, for the questions. One, and this one might be to me because I tweeted about this on Friday night, but uh, thoughts on the first two Obi-Wan episodes. I don't know if you've watched the Obi-Wan. No. Kenobi. I don't know. Are you a Star Wars guy? Are you into the... Not not the recents, no. My kids aren't in... It's too, too much for my kids, so... It's too much for the kids? Man, I can't wait for my little guy to be like, show me the Star Wars and then just, just watch all of it because it's so... <laughs> I can't wait for it. Um... Anyway, I tweeted that on Friday night, too. I love the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. I thought it was great. Uh, some of the Star Wars, the new, the, some of the more recent stuff hasn't been the greatest. Uh, Mandalorian was awesome. But uh, the first two episodes of, uh, of Obi-Wan were great. I can't wait. There's only four more. I wish there was more coming. But um, I can't wait for the remaining four to see, uh, to see what happens there. All right. Oh, so then you're not going to have a favorite Star Wars movie, are you? Oh, no, I like I, I like the Star Wars. I, I'm okay. not into the I'm not into the um, I'm not into the uh, the newer ones. Like mm. I grew up like I watched when I was a kid. I watched yeah. Star Wars a lot. Um, I really love uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's that's my favorite one. Yeah, uh, I think that might be mine as uh, you know as well. Um, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think like. Of my favorites within each of the three, um, uh, you know, trilogies and and all of the spinoffs and stuff like that. But Return, 
Return of uh, Return of the Jedi still kind of sits up there um, at the at the top. Uh, Empire Strikes Back would probably be my second, actually. Um, going old school with uh, you know with both of the uh, or two of the originals. But um, all right, Chris give, does give us a Notre Dame uh, a Notre Dame question here. What are the chances Notre Dame pulls off getting Dante Moore to sign? What are the chances? Chances right now, today. Somebody says to you, "What are the odds, or what? Are, what are the chances Dante Moore is in the Notre Dame recruiting class come December, whatever?" I didn't look up when signing day is. I know, you know, toward, you know, December thirty first. That'll be after signing day. So, what, what, what would you say today are the chances? Or do you want like a percentage? Sure. Or you can do you can do like betting odds. I don't know. But percentages are probably. Uh, I'll easier. just do a percentage. Um. I'm going to say 50%. Ooh, that hurts my feelings. That hurts my feelings more than the Celtics making I, the so finals hurts your feelings. I am. I, so that is probably most people will say higher than that. So that yeah. I, so for everyone listening, if you ask, like if you were to ask like Matt Freeman, which you could if you, if you want it, if you, <laughs> you could ask uh, for the pod for Power Hour, you could ask those guys. Yeah. Um, Matt probably wouldn't give a prediction because he's not that he doesn't do predictions like that. I'm um, going to ask Matt for a prediction. Now. Just, I'm gonna, he, I'm he, gonna, he'll, he will say no. I'm going to tweet it. No. I'm going to tweet it out. Um, but I think I think that if you asked him, I think if you asked Christian, I think they would probably say higher than that. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 beginning to be concerned just by oh, the fact pattern, just by the fact pattern. Right. Not, not by what every what the people are hearing. OK, so Matt and Christian are hearing good things. Matt and Christian are hearing things like Notre Dame is still the leader and Notre Dame is, um, you know, still in good position and everyone's chasing Notre Dame. Right. Like that's yeah. that's what they have heard um, from not just one person or one source or whatever it's mm-hmm. multiple right i am concerned by just the the fact pattern if you look at any other recruit if you look at any other recruit yep you we would think this is not going to end in a good outcome for another day right right um so that's that's what i'm basing it on um you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it it's, does, a, it's a it's a unique recruitment. It is a very and, unique uh, recruitment. Um, and so I, I don't. And, and this is without like I don't have. Like I'm saying, I, this is just my looking at the facts, of you know what there was word he was going to commit in April, and then he didn't, and then it was kind of like I'm going to take my, I want to take visits. And yeah. so it's like, okay, I'm going to take my five visits. Okay, no problem. And then you figure, okay, so it's going to be like a summer announcement. And then it's, well, I want to, you know, I want to, uh, now we're taking official, unofficial visits. So it's not even the five, right? Like, yeah. We, we don't know, like, is he going to come back to Notre Dame? We don't know when that has been set up or if it will be set up. Um, 
you know, I think he said he could he could make his choice without visiting Notre Dame again because he's been to Notre Dame so many times. Um, you know, we're going to Texas A&M and we're going to Miami and we're going to Oregon. Yep. And um, so, and now it's like it could go into the fall and it could be, you know, uh, October, November decision or maybe even December. Or just yeah. like, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't, it just like there's the fact pattern is not good, but yeah. you know, the, the people who, who talk to other people are, they feel confident. So that's good, right? It that's is good. Good that to hear. Good. That's literally like the only thing I think keeping most Notre Dame fans sane about that recruitment, because if it doesn't go Notre Dame's way, oof, I don't want to think about it. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it yet because we're not there yet. And if and when it gets to that, we'll have an entire pod dedicated to it. So we're not going to to go there. I want to hope, you know, if I, again, this is also not based on insider information and just more uh, you know, following this. Um, I, I, want, I mean, I want to put it over 50% just for my own sanity and for the sanity of our, of our listeners. But it, yeah, it doesn't, it, it's not, it, if you again, yeah, if you took took the name off and you just told somebody the case and you were like, hey, these are all of the things that happened, you'd be like, well, that guy's not going to Notre Dame. So hopefully, hopefully that's not the case and he does uh, sign up Notre Dame because that would be it'd be a pretty high profile miss for Marcus Freeman in an otherwise awesome recruiting class if that happens. So let's not even think about it not happening yet. Let's not think about that and let's just. Uh, we're going to move on to the next question. Let's just move on to the next question. Unless you have more to add. Did you have more to add, Greg? You looked like you maybe did. Um, no, I'm good. Okay. All right. All right. Clutch Sports Notre Dame at Clutch Sports ND says, in order of, port- in order of importance, drink. Favorite summertime drink? This is first question. Um, I'm always a margarita guy. Always. Ooh, okay. Always. Which are frozen or or on the rocks? Rocks. Rocks. Okay. Salt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's a solid. That's a solid marg order. Um, I think if I was gonna do favorite summertime, I mean, y'all know I'm a I'm a I'm a beer drinker. Um, obviously. Um, and today's by the way is called Mini Unicorn. From Pipeworks in Illinois or Chicago or Chicago specifically, but great Chicago brewery. Um, if I'm not gonna get, if I'm not gonna drink a beer because you know sometimes it's a little too hot for the beers that I like, um, I really like a Moscow Mule in the uh, in the summertime. I think that is uh, the Moscow Mule is pretty refreshing and tastes great. So that's probably my favorite uh, summertime drink. All right, snack favorite summertime. Side dish. I want you to go first this time. Me to go first this time. It's fair. Um, ooh, it's tough to pick my favorite, but um, I think if it's summertime, if it's summertime, I would lean toward a macaroni salad over a potato salad. Normally, oh, I like I, I like potato salad, but I feel like the macaroni salad is a little bit. I don't know. In the summer, it's a little bit uh, – it lands a little bit better. So that's uh, that's mine. 
Um, okay, favorite side dish in the summer. In so the summer. in the summer, I really like to um, make sweet potato chips. Okay. So I just uh, I get like a sweet potato, and I uh, or like a yam, more a yam basically. Yeah. And I shave it off and right, so I peel it and then I slice it up. You use the little Mandalorian thing, a little whoop, all right, or you just slice it. You're just with... No, I slice it myself. Oh man, you gotta get the you gotta get the Mandalorian. I mean, they I might. Do, I do need to do that. They they are like so dangerous. I feel like like you could really slice the shit out of your hand with one of those things. But... <laughs> That's probably why I don't. But, but yeah, it's a... let me tell you something, man. You get, it is you get a hassle. Thinnest of slices. Go ahead. It's right. a huge hassle. Anyway, so I do that and you. Just... You uh, you uh, baste it with olive oil and then you put on some sea salt, put it in the uh, oven. There you go, um, oven. Okay. You get, what about the air fryer? Oh, uh, we don't have air fryer. You should try one, man. They're great. I love it. Okay. I love okay. the air fryer. Love the air fryer. Um, one of my favorite things in the air fryer is actually leftover pizza. I feel like it gets it. It's amazing. Anyway, okay. okay. All right, that's a good one. All right, so he's got another day football question for us too. The Notre Dame football. What stat line should Buckner have at the end of the season that you would consider it to be a successful season, one that ended the playoff berth? So the, 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 the core question here is, what does Tyler Buckner need to do from a stat perspective that you look that, that would have Notre Dame in the playoffs? So – I'm I'm curious. Uh, okay, you need to tell me how we're going to answer this question, right? Because Buckner can have a successful season that doesn't end in a playoff berth. But that's the question. The question isn't like what is a successful season for Tyler Buckner. The question is, what kind of season basically does Buckner need to have for Notre Dame to be a playoff team? Which means they got to beat at least one of. Clemson and Ohio State, and then beat USC to end the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. That's a tough one. That's a good question. So I went back and looked. What'd you look up? It's, so I looked at total touchdowns at quarterback. Okay. So let's see. Ian Book. So like 20, 2020 is kind of a weird season, right? Right. It, you, you, they played 12, but like two of them are in championship rounds. Normally you'd play like 13 and you'd have like 12 regular season games. Okay. Right. So, so I kind of threw that one out just in terms of, but like even that year, like he had 20, the 24 total touchdowns. Right. Okay. Jack Cohn last year had 27 total touchdowns. Ian book in 2019 had 39. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Winbush had 30 in 17. Okay. So I think you're looking at between probably 35 and 40 total touchdowns for Tyler Buckner. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, it's hard to say like passing yards wise, you want him above, you definitely want him at least around like 65% passing, especially considering they're going to be doing a lot of like RPO type stuff where it's like, it's just really should just be pitch and catch. Mm-hmm. So there's that part of it. So he needs to be above 65% passing. You want him like this year because of the nature of 
the way that the offense is going to be with all the, the zone read type stuff. You want that like yards per attempt around 8.8, 8. 8.9. 8. Um, and then, oh man, like, I mean, it's hard to say with the rushing too. Between like 600, 700 yards. Yeah, easy. At least 2,800 passing. Yeah. I, think I it's mean, gotta be a- it, to, to me, it's like the touchdowns. How many touchdowns are you responsible for passing and running? You know, if he gets in the 30, 35, like 35 range, now Notre Dame's got a chance, right? Because you, you assume the running game will be, you know, better than it has been. They'll be able to score on the ground a little bit more. Hopefully they're a little bit more explosive because the running game is so good. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking at. All right. I think those those are fair. So the one that I looked at actually was, I looked at Deshaun Kaiser 2015 to see what his numbers were. Because he didn't, he obviously didn't play uh, the opener. He didn't play, you know, two and a half quarters of of the UVA game. But he still played the rest of the season. And that year, <coughs> excuse me, he had 31 touchdowns in in uh, in those games. He had just under 2,900 yards passing and 520 yards rushing. Um, and the reason I thought of him was because that 2015 team maybe was a little bit similar in terms of good offensive line, should have a really good rushing game, uh, or, or yeah, yeah, r- rushing attack. Defense should be pretty good, although obviously we're going to have a much, much, much better defensive coordinator in 2022 versus who was, you know, attempting to be a defensive coordinator in 2015. Um, so that's why I looked up looked up Kaiser. So I, I, I think, yeah, the 35 range, if he, if he starts to get around 35 touchdowns, we're in business. Um, that's a lot of touchdowns uh, for, your, you know, guy who hasn't started before so um we'll see but um i think yeah he's got to be closing in on 2800 to 3000 yards passing and then yeah seven eight hundred rushing in that range um you know to be able to and for Notre Dame to be a playoff team i'm not saying any of this is realistic i'm not saying it's going to happen but i think that's what would need to happen for Notre Dame to be a playoff team yeah like like the, yeah this is what yeah this is what it's got to be right Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I also forgot to ask. Chris Jenkins had a follow-up asking if you got your Hamilton jersey yet. No, my birthday is in one week. So, you know, hopefully that's uh Are you hoping that that's that's a way. present? Is this is this is this, have you asked Mrs. Greg for this or no? Or is this <laughs> Uh, no, I'll probably wait. Cause right now I, I could get one, but it's like not on the fan shop. Mm. So I want to wait since right now they just have the Kyle Hamilton number one. And I don't want that cause that's not his number. Right. No, so, it doesn't come though. in like, isn't that just a placeholder on the fan shop? Don't they send you the real number? I don't know. Does it, I've never bought a Jersey. I've never, I've never bought, I don't think I've ever bought an NFL rookie jersey. It's been a long time since I bought it. The last NFL football jersey I bought was a Harold Carmichael 1980 Eagles throwback jersey, which is pretty freaking sweet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever bought an NFL rookie jersey. So I don't know. I would assume, though, I can't imagine that the official pro shop would sell you the wrong jersey number. 
Well, I, I think it's not that it's it's because he was a first round pick. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I, maybe I don't know. Because like when he was drafted, I went to check, and it said Hamilton won. So. Okay. All right. Well, so wait. I mean, wait, I, I don't know. wait until the product image says fourteen, and, uh, yeah. and then you're good to go. All right. We got one from uh, Stevie's at Stevie's fifty five. Any chance Coach Freeman breaks out green jerseys at some point this year? I mean, sure. Like, I mean, I would say there's a good chance. I mean, Freeman does seem to kind of be into the history. He kind of seems to be more into uh, Notre Dame lore than maybe his predecessor, uh, you know, by bringing things like the the pregame mass back and, and wanting to get more into Notre Dame, uh, you know, Notre Dame history. So, yeah, I, I think there's a chance. We'll see, uh, you know, whether, you know, whether or not it happens. And, I mean, there is also – Shamrock Series game in Vegas. Whether or not they bust out green jerseys for that game, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that would count either. I don't know if he means like, would they wear green in like an unexpected game where they come out in the tunnel like two, you know, two thousand five USC. That yeah. again, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think there, there's always a chance. Um, here we go, Alan Rutherford. You already kind of answered it <clears throat> on Twitter, but uh, he just asked if the moon was made out of ribs, would you eat it? Would would, would you you you're you're a yes? It sounds like. Would I eat the moon if it were made of ribs? Absolutely. All right. Would I, you eat the moon if it were made of ribs? Yes. No doubt. I wonder how many people are getting the the reference. If you if you aren't getting the reference, it is a Will Ferrell. Saturday Night Live reference where he is portraying Harry Carey. Um, it's a simple question, a simple question. If you were If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? <laughs> that was another good one that, uh, that he asked. He was like, but um, very good question, Alan. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. And also, I know from, from, from the Twitter machine, Alan also has got a new little one at home. So good luck. Keeping, uh, you know, keep keep keeping up with the uh, with 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 the with the little guy, Alan. So uh, I can relate to everything you tweet. So appreciate it. Um, Aaron Berger just says, "Hey, Kyle is killing it in the preseason." That's it. So there you That's go. That's it. He's that killing it. You know, it, it it it's the craziest thing. <laughs> it's the craziest thing how how the football started, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. He's he's great. That's but what right. if they have to start running 40-yard dashes? That's like, to, right. To, what if they have to start running 40-yard dashes to determine the outcome of football games? Then what's going to happen, Greg? What's going to happen then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. No. Yeah. The 6'4", six, the six, 220 guy. That's right. He is great at football. That's true. He's pretty good at it. Oh, He's well. Oh, well. Maybe we could check back in with. Bruce Feldman and his uh, and his anonymous uh, sources oh, on how nice. they wanted to pick on Kyle Hamilton. We'll see. Ugh. Moving on, moving on. Evan at E O O or Elo Sun Eight. I think that's how it'd be pronounced in on Twitter. Ask if you were a five star recruit in 2023, where would you take your official visits besides Notre Dame? This is a good question. It so, may to, to, so, so I'm going on four. Is Notre Dame one of them? <clears throat> I think so. I think let's assume 
let's assume you can go on five. We're going to say Notre Dame is one. I think it's a good, really good question because it might. It also kind of, um, I think, depends on position. Yeah, yeah, that does. It does. What is your, your five position, star right? O-line? What is my position? Because well, what is your position? Because like I'm, I'm, I'm repping myself as a safety. Right. Okay. So All right. What are you repping? I think I would have to go linebacker. Oh. Okay. All mm. right. Let's go, Franklin. Where, where are you going? Uh, oof, for a five-star linebacker, I think you'd have to. I mean, obviously Alabama, like that's just there. Uh, there's no way you cannot go there. Um, uh, the second one that came to my mind, I hate, so I don't want to say it. Um, but I probably would. I mean, you know, LSU would probably be high up on the list of a five-star linebacker. Am I? Am I wrong? Well. Why would you? Why would you go to LSU? I'm just thinking they're, they're not the LSU of old. They're the LSU of new. Tradition, and I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of schools that if I was a linebacker, I would probably I would probably I was 18 year old linebacker where I would look. Okay, those would be those would be two. Where else? Obviously Notre Dame. I mean Ohio State is probably. One that would, I mean, because they're always in the top 10. I'm trying to think who else has been producing good linebackers these days. Um, I mean, you, you, I'd, I'd go to Georgia. Oh, uh, yeah, I would say Georgia. If, Georgia. I was, if I was you. Georgia's good. I was thinking Penn State is linebacker you, but I would never go there. So, um, ever. So, yeah. There you go. Georgia, LSU, Bama, and Ohio State. The most generic of ones that I would take. Right. So, um, as a as a five star safety, as a five star safety, I would definitely go to Bama just because Nick Saban knows how to do the yeah. He knows how to do the the secondary. I would definitely do Georgia. Same reason. Yeah. Um. And then from there, I mean, am I from California? Yes, right? Yeah. So I'm a California recruit. I mean. Don't do it. I mean, I don't know. I would go to USC. Why wouldn't I go? Would you use an official if it's close? Uh, yes. I would allow mm. them to waste their time. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see where you're. Um, it's chess. You're playing some chess now. That's right. So that's three, and so now I get one more. One more. One more. Northwestern. <laughs> it's just a just a mess with them. Okay. All right. And I'm thinking maybe maybe I would do Clemson over LSU. No. Yeah. You shouldn't go to LSU. In all seriousness, you should not yeah. because because it, like I said, it's not it's not LSU anymore. It's not. It's a different school. They're, they're what whatever LSU was good at. They're not. It's different. It's, yeah. So that's like, still good. Okay. Like what is what is what is like if you are, let's say you're a recruit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to LSU and be good at what exactly? Like lately? I don't know. No, 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 no. Like I'm gonna go to LSU to be with Brian Kelly and then I will be good at what? 
Oh, you're saying now with Brian Kelly there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You could be good. You could be a good defensive lineman. You could be a good receiver. They produce good receivers. You could who say. Does? Who is they? LSU. L- Brian Kelly is LSU now. That's true, but. So you're it's, not, say- it's not Steve Emsminger and, and Joe Brady. It's not what it is. Right. Brian Kelly and Mike Dembrock. That's what it is. So what if you're going to go to LSU and and you are going to go play for Brian Kelly. Let's for, forget the LSU. Maybe I just want to go to a family environment, Greg. Who is who what type of player says I'm going to go play for Brian Kelly because I will become good? What position is that? Okay, well, let's see who who. So like Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame was offensive line line and tight end, right? And we have another question about this later, and this this will be into that too. But like, okay, Notre like offensive line and tight end. If you're an offensive lineman, okay, right? I can I can get behind that, right? Or I'm I'm a tight end, I can get behind that, right? And then you look at like like. like Tommy Reese, right? He's like a former quarterback. Okay, right? You want to say, what's his name? Thinks he's great. But uh, Dan Orlovsky, he thinks he's the best, right? But beyond that, like O-line and tight end. That's what Notre Dame's thing is, right? What is Brian Kelly's thing? Brian Kelly? What's his thing? No, I was saying Brian Kelly is Brian Kelly's thing. Right, 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 right. right. Like who, who, who? Who in terms of what? In terms of? A, a position what position are you is he, and this is a problem for him and this is why he would want to bring like tommy reese with him or marcus freeman right because then you bring marcus freeman and you say okay like we have the strongest defensive coordinator in college football and he coaches linebackers come play linebacker for me right because then then hypothetical hypothetical frank who's a linebacker or five-star linebacker he'll want to come play for me because of marcus freeman right but marcus freeman isn't there right so it's fair what who what who is he bringing I, well it, i think he i think you might be surprised i think he's going to still recruit very well at lsu no no it, it he might recruit very well because, you know, some kids want to go to LSU. But we right. are thinking of, like, you are a linebacker who is not predisposed to LSU. True. Okay. That's 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 going to be Brian Kelly's problem is, like, you're going to get guys who are predisposed to the school already, and that's great. But what guy are you going to get? That's what he wants. Exactly. But – what guy That's are true. you I'm also get? like I'm from, you know, he's Brian Kelly's not going to recruit me where I'm where I'm located. You're from New Jersey. Yeah, it's not he's he not He doesn't gonna, he, does, he you know, so that that's the th- that's why I'm saying true. like why would you go to LSU? That's a good point. <laughs> good visit? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And that's the other thing. We didn't think of like just what's like a one that you just want to visit. Like like Oregon would be a fun visit. Oregon would be a fun visit. Then you know what? That's there you go. Oregon over LSU just for the funness. There you go. Just just for the funsies. Let's just have some fun on these visits. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a couple more questions here. We got one from um, Chris uh, Stackowitz. 
and this is the one I think you're alluding to, is in your opinion, what could the staff do better to get the elite position players? We're elite at tight end, the offensive line, the D-line, running back. So what do we need to what do we need to do to draw them in? I'm seriously confused why we struggle on this aspect of recruiting and sealing the deal. Hmm. So I think for me, when it comes to where Notre Dame has really struggled um, at getting the elite skill positions over the last 10 plus years. I'm trying to think when's the last time. The last time Notre Dame signed a really, really, really elite quarterback. And I think that is why Notre Dame has struggled um, in part. is because Notre Dame hasn't had an elite quarterback in a long time. Um, Ian Book was a very, very good quarterback. We love Ian Book on the pod, but he wasn't, you know, he was a fourth-round pick. He wasn't a first-round pick. Notre Dame hasn't had that caliber of quarterback at Notre Dame in a long time, and the schools that continually reel in the elite skill positions tend to have elite quarterback play, or at least elite quarterbacks coming in on a yearly, if you know, a yearly basis as well. And I think that is what largely has uh, has limited or has has prevented Notre Dame from really pulling in um, elite classes. Uh, you know, elite skill position players, um, you know, to go along with the the, the positions, that, um, at least on offense, that Notre Dame has been, uh, that Notre Dame has been, uh, been, been lacking. And that's why I think somebody like Dante Moore is so important, because if you get that elite top 10 quarterback, receivers go, oh, I want to play with a top 10 quarterback. They don't necessarily say like, oh, I want to play with a four-star top 300 guy, Right. When you get the four-star guy who's like 300, 350 or whatever, you're getting receivers and things like that that probably were going to come to you anyway. So I think that is what has held Notre Dame back. And then, I mean, there's a lot that goes into why that has happened as well. But that's the first thing that came to my mind when I thought when I saw this question. Yeah, so I, I agree with you in a sense. But so I think it's more like, the type of offense that Notre Dame played post 2015. Yeah. Right. Like, like 2016 was okay. I mean, the fact that they were so bad, like really hurt them Mm -hmm. just in terms of like, there's no juice, you know, there's no juice regarding Notre Dame. Right. And then in 2017, they ran the ball great. And that was all very exciting, but receivers don't want that. And, no. they, and they didn't like it. Like, like Notre Dame's leading receiver had 31 catches in 2017. Yeah. Like, that's not good, mm. you know. And 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 that's what really hurt Notre Dame is that that Brandon was a runner and he wasn't a passer. Yeah. I mean, it's like his best game that we all remember against USC was like nine of 19. Yeah. You know, and he killed them. He was 49 of 14, but like. No, receivers see that and they don't they're not attracted to that i mean yeah. i'm on rob st brown said it i don't this isn't that good i don't like yeah. it and so that's what cost them his recruitment you know and so and then once that ball started rolling and then it's just like and then in 2018 it was the same thing yeah right and then you got ian and that's 
great, you know, but like they didn't run the type of offense where it was like, yeah, I'm super excited about this. Like, look at Ohio State. Like, look at what yeah. they're doing. Like, look at the type of stuff that like LSU was doing with Burrow, you know, or that Alabama was doing. Like, yeah. it's just it was the type of offense that doesn't get guys fired up. Right. Well, I think part of that, and though, so. is is a is the product of not recruiting elite quarterbacks and having elite quarterbacks on the round. But like, but, so the, the other, but it, it's it's it, that's true. Yes. But like Brandon was supposed to be elite. Well, Phil Dracovic was supposed to be elite. It's mm. not that they didn't recruit it is that they didn't that didn't it, that wasn't produced. Whatever the reason. Great. Like, look at or Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Look at Baker, Baker Mayfield. He was a walk on. You know, but what? Look at the offense. The offense, yeah. and look, and so everyone is freaking going so far out of their way to play for Lincoln Riley because of the offense. Yep. Right. Like That's they, Jalen, Jalen Hurts got benched for Bama. Yeah. Went to Oklahoma, did numbers. And now he's about to be an uh, MVP of the NFL. It's Kyler crazy. Murray. He he went to Texas A and M. Texas A and M. Kyler Murray was just a guy. Goes to Oklahoma, did numbers. So that's the yep. thing. I mean, it's a good man. point. So people, but it's so, it, but I do agree with you. Like you, you need the elite quarterback, right? But I don't think that guys care about going to play with the elite quarterback as much as like, what does the offense look right. like when I get there? Well, I think and that's what the thing is. I think Notre Dame molded their offense around not having elite quarterbacks because they weren't getting them. And when they got them, the ones that they did were still not like, the, the, like Brandon and and your and and Phil were both like pretty highly rated, but they they weren't getting five star quarterbacks. They have not gotten a five star. That's my point. That is, that is and they've correct. kind of molded the offense around not because they weren't they weren't doing it. So I think we're we're that's not that's not a bad take. I I I, I will agree to that. That is not yeah. a terrible take. So like I said, I think we're in agreement in terms of why. So, we're basically saying the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, land Dante Moore and it all changes is what we're saying. So moving on. Peter Smith at his Peteness uh, says, my keys to beat Ohio State. Notre Dame has to outrush Ohio State by 100 yards. Their offense needs to be out of sync. So slow down the game. What do you think the strategy will be? Um. I think I, I mean I think that you're kind of hitting on it. It's like Notre Dame needs to beat the crap out of them. Yeah, you need to do what Michigan did. Yes, yeah. painful I mean, as that sounds. Or like Oregon, like protect the yeah. passer, run the ball, beat the crap out of them. That's just it. Yeah, you got to out physical them, and I think that's the. Uh, I think. And honestly, good. they could. Yeah, they're they'll they're built to do it. Exactly. Right? That's how they're built. So. So we'll see. All right, Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77 says, Desert Island Notre Dame football question. You are stranded on a desert island, and you get to binge one season of Notre Dame games with you. Or sorry, bring. Bring one season of Notre Dame games with you. Which season from 2000 to 2021 are you bringing? Each time you start the season, you have to watch every game, which includes the bowl game. I thought about this. Okay. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go 2012. Oh. Because even though it ends horribly, you got 12 great games that lead up to it. 
And, you know, you have some really, really high moments. The Michigan game was great. You got the the Stanford game. You got the Oklahoma game. The USC game was great. Um, hell, I mean, the Pitt game was um, thrilling, even though it shouldn't have been. Uh, but that season was great. There were so many of those, those, those kind of moments. And it, as sad as it sounds, if there was another season somewhere in that 21-year span where you could look back and say, you know what, we didn't win a title, but the ending of the season was great. And that's the season I want to watch. Feel you can feel good about picking that, but there weren't really a lot of those. Most of the times, you know, Notre Dame 2005, great season, lost the bowl game. 2006, not as great of a season, but still had fun moments. Got crushed in a bowl game. Uh, you know what else? 2015 was a pretty good season. Lost the bowl game. 2017 was a fun season. Won the bowl game, but still had that crushing Miami loss in the middle of the season. And then a bad Stanford loss at the end of the year. I don't want to watch that all the time. 2018, undefeated, but then still lost the bowl game. And like The 2018 season was like, it wasn't as fun as 2012. It was a little more boring and mundane. Um, 2019, again, at least we had a big win in the bowl game to end the season, but got blown out by Michigan in that rainy, shitty game. So, no, I don't want to watch that one. 2020, um, again, fun for a little while until you run into Clemson and 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 uh, and Alabama back-to-back. I don't want to watch those back-to-back, um, you know, if I only have one season. So, that's where I ended. That's where I netted out. So, um, I I want to pick a freaking Kyle season, but the only one where he plays in every game is 19, and I just never want to see that Michigan game ever again. Yeah, right. Like, who wants to watch so, nobody else? That's just not. I don't want to. I don't want to see that ever. Mm. Um, so I'm picking 18. Okay. That's a, I can I can see that one. So Michigan, right? Yeah. Like that's good. We like that fun opener. Um, and then you have Stanford. People thought Stanford was good. Mm-hmm. Spanked plus Dexter, lots of fun. Dexter yeah. was fun. You have the uh, the Enter Sandman foolishness with Virginia Tech again. Dexter. Um, you have the the Yankee Stadium game against Syracuse, and that was fun. You got the Ian Book, like, 50-point, 50-burger with Wake Forest. Um, kind of an exciting, like, thrilling, stupid game against Pitt. Didn't like that, but it ended up good. Um, the, uh, the USC game that's, like, really hurt my feelings, but then, like, came back and won. Like, that's very frustrating. Um, the Florida State game when Brandon the Brandon in the game. green jerseys and Brandon comes back and makes his triumphant return and makes plays and, and is dominant. So, yeah, I, I, I like that team. You know, it's only the one loss. But, you know, look, I, it's it's at least uh, in a good game. It's the one loss in the era. I don't want to say a good game. It's a big game at the end. Um, so, yeah, that's the one I, uh, I'm, cho- I'm choosing. It's fair. I like 2018. That was a fun time. That is a fair, uh, fair selection. All right, last question. It is from Oscarino at Gone in 2059. 
it's a four-parter. So, <laughs> as we know. Thank you, Oscar. Um, what's your response to the Notre Dame fans who think seven and five this year? Question mark. And then it says nine and three, question mark. So I don't know. I guess there's fans that think Notre Dame's going to go seven and five this year. I don't think they will go seven and five. I think this. I, I think, think he's saying this, there's fans that think they will. Okay, that's. I, I. I mean, fine. If, if you want to do like the doomsday thing, that's fine. What this is what I'll say about the uh, the team is I think the the floor for this team is a lot lower than um, it would be previously because of like, look, Marcus Freeman is a wild card, right? And and there's there's no getting around that, right? And and Tyler Buckner is a wild card as well. You know, we haven't seen him start a game. We haven't seen him. You know, we saw him take Fair. like the majority of snaps in one game where he played really well in the beginning, and then he kind of gave it away near the end, or at least almost gave it away. So, you know, when you when you look at it from that point of view, um, you know, th- there's the depth at a uh, wide receiver that is kind of shaky right you take one injury at that spot now you're in a really bad position so i think the floor is lower than than uh most people think or would guess that's just my opinion but like if i was going to like make a prediction i'm not going to predict seven and five uh because i think the defense is too good for that um and i do think that the offensive line is too good to be seven and five frankly Um, so, so there's that, right. Um, as far as nine and three, like I, that's fair. It's a fair take. It I could happen yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Seven and five, I don't think is possible. Nine and three is possible. Here, here, here's the other thing with nine and three. Sorry to cut you off, but no, like, no. but like we think so fondly of the 2017 team, right? That team was nine and three. You can be a good football team and go nine and three. Yeah. So, you know, just think, just people need to consider that. Sure. Well, yeah, I, all I was going to say is I think nine and three to me is like floor. Um, I, Cause I just don't see them nine and three either means you lose all of Ohio state Clemson and USC and then win all the other games or you win one of them and then drop a game that you shouldn't. So um, I just see that as probably the floor. It can be lower. Um, I, you know, I see where you're getting at with, you know, the floor being potentially lower than most people think. But, um, yeah, I think seven and five is just uh, being a bit of an overreactor and, um, you know, unnecessarily freaking out. So, uh, move on to his, uh, Oscar's second question: Which position benefits most from coaching changes that have occurred? I think we'll both probably say offensive line. Right would be the number one. Is there another position that you would say benefits even close to that as much? Special teams? Uh, uh, no, I don't know enough about Mason to say. Well, because it's a low bar is what I'm getting at. Um, That's I mean, good point. I, I think it's definitely offensive line. Um, offensive line, I, I think that's that's fair. Um, certainly for certain players, yeah. um, I would say either them or receiver. Receiver comes to mind too. 
I just don't know enough about Stucky either. Stucky's only Stucky's got a little bit less of a track record as uh, as Harry. I just think that I just think that that receiver room needed new a kind of True. a new voice. Um, maybe more than even the offensive line did. Um, but yeah, I could either one of those. Yeah. For sure. Two more questions from Oscar. For which uh, fan base does Notre Dame live in their heads rent-free? In the fan base's heads? Like in their heads? Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like Michigan just because I I don't think about Michigan that much. Uh, but I feel like Michigan thinks a lot about Notre Dame. I, I think that's probably mutual, honestly. Yeah. Um, the way we I'm, – I'm always, like, slamming on Michigan, like, anything yeah. I can. I would say probably, like, Pitt. Oh, that's a good one because of Narduzzi. Yeah, I would say Pitt probably. Oh, never, like, Boston else? College. Boston College. I was going to say Boston College because yeah, yeah, I never yeah. think of Boston College. Yeah, like, I, I just don't. Yeah, Ever at all. But, like, I never Pitt either. And it's yeah. like, I think Narduzzi's always got yeah. them. Well, Narduzzi's always got, got us on our mind, on his mind, so. So, all right, last one. Last one, and this is the last question of the pod. We still went an hour and a half. All right, top three snack foods. <laughs> so he says, in parentheses, uh, potato slash tortilla chips, cheese puffs, barbecue, regular, et cetera. Top three snack foods. This is a tough one, I think. Um, this is so vague. So... I mean, that's okay. So I, love, I was going to tweet and ask for a clarification, then forgot. Well, Go I mean, it. okay. Chips and salsa in our house. I was going to say, does the dip count as part of this, or is this just snack sans dip? I think, I think, I think it counts because chips and salsa is such like a like okay, it's such a staple. Like I think it should count. Um, so there's that. Yeah. We um, so I I mean I personally like I love like I could eat just a ton of nacho cheese doritos um i like the spicy nacho over the nacho cheese but um, i can i can relate yeah like it's a problem for like it I, I we can't buy it um my family right now is really into Chex mix muddy buddies okay well okay <laughs> like, way into it like we have like like legitimately like three or four bags a week um it's it's also sounds like a maybe too many <laughs> it's, it's 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 getting to a point where we might have to uh, have a serious conversation about it okay um but yeah that's kind of the chips and salsa doritos and muddy buddies those are good okay all right so one that i mean one i am a sucker for a kettle cooked chip uh specifically like a jalapeno flavored uh kettle cooked chip those are I'll, i will eat like a bag of those in a sitting um Two, I really like um, – I could take, like, a bag of pretzels and either – like, I'm, I love pretzels and cheese. So, like, pretzels and any kind of cheese is amazing. Um, pretzels and also hummus, I've determined – or I've, oh. uh, I have found. Um, that was out of um, – I think that was, like, a more out of a COVID um, lack of food at one point. And we had, like, pretzels and we had hummus. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I was like, oh, this is good. Um, so anyway, pretzels are, are definitely up there. And I would say, again, if I have a dip, then I got to go chips and queso, um, because 
we've talked in uh, in multiple pods yes. about my uh, my affection for uh, you know for queso. So those would be my top three. Although also you don't really, I mean, typically we don't have queso just kind of lying around. That's like a, you have to make it um, in advance. So if I had to say like something that's probably a little more available, like maybe like chips and guac, but those would be those would be uh, all up on uh, all up on my list. So hey. I thought this was going to be a short one. It was not. My voice did barely hang out. I keep, I kept muting every time I was hacking over here. Um, but uh, hey, we made it, and we got through another pod, everybody. Uh, and uh, I don't know when we'll be back. We'll see if we sneak one in at the back ha- back half of this week um, to do uh, to, to make up for last week, or if we just go next week. But uh, hey. We appreciate you all listening. We love all of the questions. Keep them coming. And as always, go Irish. Go Irish.